everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the Four Star Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jordan DuPont, joined by Nick DeCola, Ty Mullen, and Andrew Freeman. You can find the podcast itself on X, because it's actually... Twitter. Just call it Twitter. Just call it Twitter. <laughs> at Four Star Pod CHI. Nick is at ndicola 21 Ty is at TM Mullen 007, and Andrew is at AJ Freeman 25 Also, feel free to check out fourstarpodchi.com where we will have links to our podcast episodes, the YouTube videos, and blog posts when we finally get around to writing them. With all that being said, I think we can start off once again, as has become the norm lately with, I think we only got, I mean, technically one more week, but officially three more weeks of not having football. So we'll start off with the Cubs here who have been on a tear of late We just wrapped up a four-game set against the Reds and a three-game set against the Braves. We won both of them. Uh, Took three out of four against the Reds, which was really, really great. Had a nice offensive explosion there. And took two out of three against the Braves, who are the best team record-wise in the National League. So if you guys want to start digging in a little bit and digesting that, I will turn the floor over to you. Anybody? Bueller? That was good. I don't know. They're good. They're, they're looking good. Uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> I think I think with the with the I mean the Red Series was obviously like I was worried about both series going in. Um Same. and I think that it's really good seeing us. Obviously, obviously it's good seeing us win it, but to, just especially to see us win the Brave series, that was like I mean, you know, maybe we're not gonna be the best team by the end of the year, but still like that was just the show, like, hey, we're here and ready to play anybody and it doesn't matter who. So we're we didn't do too hot against the Mets today. They're in a rain delay, but um I don't know. I, I just but, this team's exciting to watch. <laughs> I wouldn't say we didn't do so great against the Mets today. I'm sure we'll get a little more in depth on this next week, but it was Kodai Sanga on the mound, who was a great pitcher. Which and means we didn't do great against them. <laughs> we scored we scored two runs, and we're going into the seventh right now, I believe, if they get the game started up again. But really the problem was Pete Alonzo, Drew Smiley hung a couple of pitches right in the zone, and Drew Smiley literally has gotten all but one of the Mets' runs today. No, Pete Alonzo got uh, five, and they're up seven to two right now. Oh, the, okay. is all the game back? No, the game no, back I think they went oh. into seven to two. Oh, I didn't realize. I, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I know Smiley loaded up the bases before exiting the game. Yeah, so, and then he gave yeah. up two or more runs, and Ross is just riding it because our bullpen's taxed, so yeah. he just has to eat innings, unfortunately. Yeah, which, I mean, we're in the middle of a 16-game stretch without a day off, so understandable, you know, everything's going to start getting worn down. But, I mean, with that being said, we were in the middle of a 16-game stretch, and we just beat the Reds, who were, before we got hot, the hottest team in baseball, and the Braves, who are arguably the hottest team in baseball, and the Braves, who, again, are the best team in the National League and managed to still have some great come-from-behind wins and and make ourselves look like a a real baseball team. And I think uh, it's important to point out that in these last two series, he's two really important series. We've talked about it this year. This team, for whatever reason, was not able to win on a Sunday, was not able to win on getaway day, the last game of the series. And they won both of those games. I was actually at the game against the Reds on Thursday, which was the last game of the series. Uh, they, uh, who pitched that day? Tyone pitched that day. Uh, first pitch, he gave up a home run to Ellie De La Cruz that landed about 15 feet from uh away from me in the bleachers. I was like, oh I was going to say, I thought I actually saw you guys on TV, but I oh, wasn't. Really? 
I, I wasn't I th- sure. I think we did. My mom claims she saw us at like the very end of the game singing Go Cubs Go. I tried looking for it. I didn't see it. Whatever. Not important. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not important. Um, you're hey, important to me. See, you're loved. You're cared for. Yeah, I, I guess yeah, so. I want to hear can, that. Can we've been I, friends I, for 20 years at this point. I guess so. Anyway, oh, home run ball landed about 15 feet from from me. I'm just like, oh my god, here we go again. But they that was really it. He settled down after that. They got a win, yeah. and then yesterday against the Braves to win the series. I mean, it's it's. I really hope they can keep it up. Yeah, we're one step closer to Todd Mullen getting a Jameson Tyone jersey. Like I said, <laughs> this is the season of below four year. Hey, I'm well, rooting for it at this well, point. I like I said in, a, in one of the group chats, I did the math and I sent it to Ty because I know he's watching it. Basically, Tyone has to pitch better than like Jake Arrieta, Jake Arrieta in 2015, the rest of the way to, for Ty to have to buy his jersey. Which I mean. <laughs> He'll have earned it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm yeah, rooting for it, man. Whatever that royalty needs, is on a $110 jersey. He needs like a oh, 1.7 yeah. ERA the rest of the way or something like that. I think it was less. Than, I think it was like 1.1. I think he said 1.5 or something like that, didn't you? Or I can't remember. Oh, wait, no. I think Jake had a 1.73 ERA. He and did. Then, yeah. By the end yeah. of the year. And then yeah. in that year, over the year. And then. Yeah. Anyway. But yeah, anyway. no. I'm rooting for it. I'm rooting for the guy. <laughs> and he goes tomorrow, so we'll see. This has been a really fun team to watch. And correct me if I'm wrong, but the 8-6 to six win, the uh, the middle game in the Braves series, that was another come-from-behind win, wasn't it? I, I thought we were down. It seems like our pitching gives up a home run in the first inning yeah. or two every yep. single game, and then yeah. we wind up just storming back and yeah, running and away with it. That's what a good team does, man. You never, You never feel out of it. Um, but Hey, apart from that, I think we can talk about briefly. Cause honestly the Cubs, it's like, we can actually be kind of quick today. Like we know what they did at the trade deadline, but they got Ken Lario. He's been awesome <laughs> since it's we got great. him, uh, which, but also that comes with Trey Mancini DFA couldn't have come soon enough. Um, I love Trey Mancini. Yeah, I love his I love his story. I, I know Tucker gotta go. But I love, <laughs> I love Trey. You know, I love anytime an athlete fights off a illness like cancer and they come back. That's awesome. He's a world series champ. Best luck to him. He's just old. You know, it's time to move on. But um also Seiya Suzuki is benched now. Uh he hasn't started in a few days. I think I think he's also been dealing with some nagging injury personally, but he's been benched because Talkman's just been playing great at right field, Bellinger in center uh Candelario at first and you know finally this team is putting out their best nine and that's the important thing i would like to see amayo play a bit more still because Barnhart's we can't have on the roster we, we can't have everything we want jed <laughs> yeah. but you know but like finally it's like we're putting our best nine out there let's go in some ball games let's win the division man we can do it <laughs> so only easy. a game and a half back i think yeah. uh nick i think you shared in our group chat earlier uh what was the fan graphs or was that not you uh i don't think it was me but i know at one point it was like i think after they got swept by the angels we got swept by the angels right yes yeah. they did i don't know this all ble- this all bleeds they were together. like 26 was like, and 36 after it was that, like whatever. cubs had like a six percent shot at the postseason now it's over 50 yeah oh, i think it was up to 77 according to fan graphs. it so depends it, on who you look at it depends at. on who you look some at models that's why i said fan graphs. yeah <laughs> some models say like 56 54 percent which is still i mean from six to that is better and like i said we're competitive for a division now we're in the wild card spot as of now still yes yeah we are tied uh with cincinnati for the last wild card spot but we hold the tiebreaker currently 
and we're a game and a half back of the division. Again, that all is going to change based upon what winds up happening the rest of the way uh, if they get the game restarted today. Um, I know they could the call Padres it. They could take, yeah, Padres. Yeah, and the, I know they're past yeah, halfway. They're probably game. just going to wind up calling it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I watched um, the Padres game today. That was, oof. <laughs> one other crazy stat I want to share, and I – I typed this into our podcast group chat because I wanted to make sure I had it ready to go today. They flashed a little graphic for batting average, uh, OBP, and slugging for the team as a whole today against right-handed pitching since the All-Star break. And so I had to do a little bit of math, which, you know, I'm a little, never really a math guy and and went to automotive school for college, but uh Still can do addition, and the team has, again, as a whole, not just one guy, the team as a whole against right-handed pitching has a 968 OPS since the All-Star break. MLB average is like 720, and as a team, our OPS is 968. It's nuts. We have been crushing right-handed pitching, which is really, really good to see. And uh, a big part of that has to be the too, who's been on a fucking tear. For that's our one. That's our one F bomb. <laughs> Cut that Andrew, out of the way. Thanks, Andrew. Yeah, you wasted it. it was like ten <laughs> minutes. Uh, <laughs> ten minutes know, into this show, you used our one F bomb, and it wasn't I, even and for, like, like. Of course, big... so Andrew, I'm sorry, but you are kind of going in and out with your internet again, and of course, like one of the oh, five was... words that actually came through. Was yeah, it was the, the F bomb. Yeah. Well, what's what's new? But uh, yeah, I, I saw this today, and I. I think so earlier today that like out over the last 19 games, Bellinger's had like 19 or something like that. I think you're gonna have to reset your internet, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I, but I, yes, Bellinger has been on a tear. He's I, didn't, <laughs> yeah, I didn't catch a lot of that, but I think he said it, 19 RBIs. He said, I think he said no, I heard 19 like, games. I think he yeah, said oh, yeah. Cody Bellinger was doing really good. Yeah, that's that's yeah. that's all I got. And Bellinger yeah. had another uh, three hit day today before they went. To Did they rule that first inning a hit? I initially, yeah. Okay. Initially, Got it's it. been. I don't know if they've gone back and revised it, but as of when I heard last, Wait, the one against uh, the one against the Braves with uh no no, no today no no, no first oh, inning today, today. Oh, it tonight. was questionable. He, he hit a kind of soft uh, ground ball to uh, second guy backhanded it went under his glove. So I wasn't like sure I said, I mentioned this in another one of our chats, and we can move on because the Cubs, like I said, we kind of talked about. It. But uh, for those of you that are big baseball people. There's a theory that MLB told the scores to score anything possibly a hit, a hit to try to bump up the batting average to prove the point that the shift banning was good. Um, so that could be just be a manufactured hit that the MLB is like, yep, hit, file it away. So I don't know. So if you're seeing a lot more like errors be hits now, that's probably why. <laughs> just yeah, cool. I feel like there's why. been a lot of those this year where I was like, what? That was clearly an error. Why did you rule that a hit? I've seen that yeah. so many times. This yeah, so my guess is the MLB just told them to err on the side of hits now. Yeah, and it, they're not just doing they're doing it with everybody, not just Nolan Arenado, you know, like they usually do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, by the I way, mean, is my connection is my connection good now, guys? You sound great yes. now. You sound yeah. great oh, now. Great. For now. Okay. <laughs> we'll For see. Now. Wait five yeah. minutes. We'll see what happens. Uh, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll, happens we'll revisit the, the issue here. Well, uh, we can move on from the Cubs. Again, short version is they're doing great. We're, love, we're loving what we're seeing. Uh, as mentioned, they are currently in New York against the Mets. The game's in a, a rain delay right now. They're down 7-2. to two. 
going to finish up the series against the Mets on Wednesday, off day Thursday, and then we travel to Toronto for a series against the Blue Jays. Moving right along here, we'll switch over to some football. Again, we got our first preseason game next week. I think uh, so. it's three weeks or a month before the official NFL season starts with a game against the Packers, but we'll check back in with Andrew for a quick training report training camp report here and uh andrew the floor is yours yeah well first preseason game against the titans is on this saturday the 12th i think that is so pretty exciting they just had their family fest on sunday um it was a pretty miserable day from what it sounds like there in chicago at old soldier field so that that's always fun um but yeah so for those who've been following me on twitter i've been at a couple of the training camp practices i was there for tuesday and wednesday that was the first two days of pads so a lot more hitting, a lot more physicality those two days. And it's, you know, training camp practices are weird because a lot of it is, it's tough to tell like exactly how, how these guys are doing sometimes because they're not going quite hundred percent. There's no tackling going on. Um, it's just a lot of, it's, it's a practice, right? So they're not quite going hundred percent that they would be going in a game, but there are some takeaways that I got from, uh, from two days that I was there. Uh, first of all, um, I watched a lot of the offensive line and defensive line play. And uh, specifically, a couple of the rookies that stood out to me, uh, Javon Dexter, uh, <laughs> for one, uh, this guy's gigantic out there on the football field. But I, I said it last week, I think, like, but it has to be said again. Like, this guy just, he's a massive human being. Just being there up close, watching him practice is just – it's insane. Um, but he's looked pretty solid over the, the couple of days that I was there. Um, you can see the athleticism on the field and he was getting for quite a bit in uh, team drills where um, they, they put him with the first team um, a couple of times on Wednesday and he was consistently in the backfield. It felt like now some of that is the offensive line um, doesn't look very good again, which is going to be another topic I can touch on a little bit here but so far Dexter um he, he's really impressed me which is saying a lot because I was not a fan of Nick when it was made on time yeah, I was gonna say I, I was yeah, definitely 100 yeah. about to call you out on yeah I'm pretty sure yeah. we could go back to our I, draft I, recap I'd be more than happy to eat crow if he's if he's on <laughs> oh Andrew one of the I I know I remember one of the reasons you weren't a big fan of the pick and one of the reasons he fell in the draft was because it seemed like at uh Florida he went to Florida correct Yep, Florida. Yep, at, at Florida, he seemed uh, consistently late uh, reacting to the snap. Now, I, I think it came out afterwards that that's just the way they coach it at Florida, the way they wanted him to kind of read and react and then, you know, mm -hmm. do what he was supposed to do. Did you notice anything about, you know, his reaction and timing the snap or was he still like a little bit late? Obviously, you know, he's still a rookie. Because the reports job, say yeah. he's still late. Like, yeah, well, that's that something that was... came out from Eberflus on Sunday. He's, he mentioned that like yeah. Dexter is still like working on consistency there. It's actually funny they were working on their on uh, get off drills um, on t Tuesday's practice. I think it was. Um, I, I got to see him up close specifically, and uh, it was actually funny they were working on that. And Dexter was actually early on a couple of them. He got called offsides. <laughs> got caught offsides on a couple of them because he was overcorrecting. I guess you could say. But yeah, I. I you know, there are there are definitely instances where he's late and it's help when he's late because he gets his butt kicked um, <laughs> on like double teams and stuff like that. And um, 
that's what happens, right? That was his yeah. thing at Florida. He would he would be laid off the snap, and then he'd stand straight up, and then if you're, you know, coming with a double team against him, he's going to get pushed like three, four yards down down the field. It just opens up a massive gap. Now he's just freakishly so strong, naturally strong that he can like make up for that a lot of the times. But in the NFL, it's obviously a lot harder. So it's looked a bit better, I'd say. Um, in fact, I'd say it looks it looks significantly better. But it's yeah, he's still usually the the last one off the line. So I, you know, either they're coaching it out of him, and it's just going to take a little bit of time before we see that really come to fruition, or it just might just be a, a thing with him that's always there. Yeah. And that was the kind of the thing I was worried about when they drafted him. But it's we'll so see what happens. Fascinating to me. I mean, I know that obviously my football ranges to high school level, so I'm now pro. But like, it's so interesting, like how a defensive lineman isn't just taught from like yeah. birth just to get off. <laughs> like, like that's the one thing. thing. Yeah. yeah, like that's the one thing they teach you as a kid is just go, man. Like see the ball and go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's insane. So, like, I don't know. Literally, I, I when I ever whenever I talk to other scouting friends on draft Twitter or just other people I know, that's the first thing that they're like. I don't know who was coaching him throughout his life, but I, I know he's new to football, but it's like whoever was teaching him, coaching him in his first couple of years, like was doing it wrong because of the first <laughs> yeah. thing you coach. That's the thing you do. <laughs> Watch the ball. Go. I, I mean, at, at the very least, it does sound like there's improvement there. I think that yeah. gives me optimism that he's this flashing. is something he's that you can just, flashing. this is something that they can coach out of him. Or And I think that's why they picked him. I think, I don't mm-hmm. think they took him thinking he was a finished product. I think they took them. They're like, look, he's this freak athlete. He's laid off the snap, but they think they can coach that out of him. And you know what? Let's, let's see it. I'm fine with it. So yeah, absolutely. It, he's, yeah. he's been impressive so far. I, I'd say he's, he's definitely, you know, it's not always there. But when he flashes, it's it's impressive. Um, speaking of rookies, I, I should probably talk about Darnell Wright because he was a little bit of a hot topic conversation the first couple of days of practice. Because the first day of practice on Tuesday, I, I specifically wanted to make sure to pay attention to how he was doing because all the talk leading up to uh, the pads going on was that you cannot evaluate offensive linemen when there's no pads on in practice. One, I'm like, okay, well now we get the pads on. Let's see where the rookie's at. Um, Tuesday uh, was a brutal practice for him, to put it lightly. Uh, There's a two-minute drill uh, in a practice where Travis Gibson beat him, like, multiple times. And not just, like, oh, like, you know, it was kind of like a neutral snap where both guys were going after it. And, you know, Travis Gibson kind of won late on the play. No, Gibson was smoking him off the snap. And it's like like, Wright didn't have an answer for it a couple times. Would have gone for sacks if there was an an actual game. Um, But with that said, Wednesday, I thought he looks much better. Wright did. And he had a bounce back day on Wednesday. So I wonder if it's just like, you know, pads on for the first time. You have a rookie adjusting to the intensity of the NFL. And it, he kind of took his lumps the first day, but the second day of pads, he looked a lot better. And he, he wasn't getting beat too much often on the second day. So ups and downs of being a rookie, I guess you could say. Just had his just had his welcome to the NFL <laughs> yeah. moment. In your first yeah. training camp, day yeah. one with pads, like you yeah, can excuse yeah. that, right? Yeah. Right. But and that's yeah. the important thing is that you're seeing improvement. You're seeing the work ethic. Um, look. Again, Bears fans, I want to see us go seventeen oh two, but like if you're expecting that, you gotta you really gotta temper that a bit. <laughs> like, I, like, I really no, I no I'm not tempering that. Yeah, I think I my know. eight and nine, nine and eight, I think that's a fair 
Yeah, it's going to be a little rough. I really hope, I really, God, I hope we beat the Packers week one. That's all I care about. But, you know, like, I hope you despondent if they don't, because uh, the Packers just had their family fest and they they did a live stream of it on uh, whatever local news channel um, is there in Green Bay. And apparently Jordan Love was so bad that they just cut the feet. Like, I heard about through. that. I heard about that. But I, know that was I true did not that. hear about that. Yeah, that was I did read funny. a whole thread. Uh, shout out to Bleacher Nation. Um, if you're a Chicago sports fan and want like some really good blog posts and everything, Bleacher Nation's awesome. They have Cubs, mm-hmm. Blackhawks, uh, Sox, Bulls, yeah. and Bears. Um, they did they a – yeah, they got a Sox one, I think. I don't know that. I thought they did. I thought they had a Sox I, I thought the whole thing was they were a Cubs thing. I didn't think yeah. they had a Sox. They started as a Cubs thing, but I then know. they've been I, well, I know, but... out. Anyway, very similar to us. They just – they don't do podcasting. They do blog posts. Yeah. Um, and they're – I can't uh, Brett, remember the main guy, is. does uh, Cubs podcast on The Athletic, but – you know, oh, Brett does. Yeah, uh, on okay. England. It's a good podcast. He does it with uh, Sahad of Sharma and uh, Pat Mooney. So check that out when you're not yeah. listening to us. Yeah. But yeah, but anyway, uh, I read a blog post. I can't remember who it is that does their Bears coverage, but they had one about the Jordan Love situation, and he was saying how interesting it was. Like, you know, Bears fans are notorious for getting super hyped up based on training camp footage and practices and stuff like that, uh, especially when it comes to quarterback play. And the Packers have not had to worry about that since before any of us have been alive because they got two back-to-back Hall of Famers and Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. And Jordan Love is not appearing to be another Hall of Famer. And so he's like, it's really interesting seeing Don't how these knock on wood. I'm knocking like, on wood. Yeah. Don't say that, dude. I would say that. They, they, were, they, well, they were very concerned about Rodgers when he came, no. and then look at what that happened. Listen, <laughs> it's, that. it's not Jordan Love that I'm scared of. It's Jordan Love being so bad that they finish <laughs> the year with the worst record in football yes. and end up with Caleb. I, I want him to go 6-10. and 10. I, want him to, I want him to go 6-10, and 10, end up with like a middle – First round pick, you know. The best case scenario for the Bears best is that, case scenario. Is that uh, Jordan Love is Kirk Cousins. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's Just good enough to where the Packers can't give up on him, but not good enough to have the Packers ever be in contention because he's just average or aggressive. Be average. Uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I, haven't, I haven't been too plugged into the Packers training camp, but it sounds like the offense in general is just rough. Um, like I, th- I think Domofsky, who works for ESPN, he covers packs for them. He had a he had a quote where he's like, uh, "Love has had one really great day, um, one okay day, and a lot of uh, days where you wonder where you think to yourself, man, it's going to be a long year.' And I wonder if that's just the, the entire state of the offense around Love as well, because it sounds like the defense has mostly just been um, winning the day." early in camp with Packers. So read that into a trend. And, as well as you and want. if you, if you don't know who that uh, Packers reporter is, he is the biggest Homer. So even if you, once you've lost him, like, I wouldn't say he's the biggest. It's, it's bad. He's I a pretty say, big Homer. I don't know. Or am I mixing him? Or am I mixing no, him up? You're thinking else? of Bukowski. Oh yeah, Bukowski. no, that's what I'm thinking of. Never mind. Never yeah. mind. Yeah. If Bukowski's saying it, then well, you even, know that well, he's sucks. even said, he's even said it too. He's even had tweets where it's just like, this doesn't look good. Yeah. Yeah, but anyway, well, um, 
Yeah, I think we should. <laughs> we're turning into a, a Packers hate podcast. Yeah, I was going to so bring it back. Okay. To my last, isn't my last isn't every <laughs> isn't every Bears podcast a Packers hate podcast? Yeah. I a got a couple. Bit. I got a couple last points for the couple practices. I've yeah, been, let's then go. we can move on yeah. to some other stuff. Yeah. Um, Justin Fields continues to look pretty solid, in my opinion. Um, he's had, you know, the offense did have a couple rough days that I was there and, uh, it, or at least I wouldn't say rough days, but like definitely days where the defense went out, especially Wednesday. I actually had a tweet go viral for this. Uh, the defense got so fired up in one 11, 11 drill. Like they were just talking mad crap to the offense the entire time. It got so bad that Japan Brisker goes up into Luke Getzey's face, the offensive coordinator for the bears and says, I, I'm quoting this here as close as as closely and family friendly that I can. But basically, uh, I, I tweeted this out, but he said, uh, uh, stop playing me, uh, all something different. Because they just kept on – they couldn't complete a pass. It was so bad. Andrew, this is why you don't burn the one F-bomb we have 10 minutes into the show. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm, there were other ways in the Okay, so – I don't think um, I don't think the wet bum would be enough for that. <laughs> so I think I'm gonna cut you off here. You might have to try resetting your internet again. We'll talk about uh, some of the signings that have happened here real quick to give Andrew a chance to <laughs> to come back. <laughs> um, yeah. So quick transition here. Uh, the Bears finally, finally, thank heavens, got our edge in Yannick. Ngakwe. Yannick and I am Ngakwe. one. Huh? Yannick and It's not Yannick. It is Yannick. I it's literally, Yannick? I saw, it is Yannick. I saw somebody. Okay. Yes. Let's go. Whatever. <laughs> Great. Anyway. So we got our edge rusher. He's uh, here on a one year, ten and a half million dollar deal, which as far as the average salary for other free agent edge rushers goes, that was the ceiling. But I'm okay. This guy had eight and a half sacks on his own last year. Our defensive line as a whole last year had six and a half sacks. So this guy can literally single-handedly double our sack totals, and I am so okay with it. Um, Before you guys react, because I know we have kind of a reaction segment coming up, I'm just going to run through the other one real quick. Uh, Mercedes Lewis, the former Packer tight end, was also signed to a one-year deal. Excellent uh, run blocker. He's 37. He's not there to be running down the field and making big-time plays. Uh, He does have, in my opinion, some decent pass-catching ability, but again, he's 37. It's not like he's got a ton of speed to get down the field. Uh, Just a solid signing, in my opinion, and that means we got not one, but both of the Packers <laughs> tight ends from last year. So uh, plus the extension of Cole Komet. So our tight end room is very solid. Our wide receiver room is very solid. I think our running back room is very solid. I'm excited for this offense. Uh, looks like Andrew is going to have to do some work here. So yeah, I'll ask the question that we have in the outline here. How would you guys grade Ryan Pohl's offseason overall? You know, it's funny because I saw that on Twitter, too, the other day, and I was kind of like, I don't know. I don't know. I agree. I guess I'd give it like a B. I don't know, man. Like, I'm excited. I'm excited for it. I think he's done well. I think he's done really well. I think I'm trying to I'm just trying to be critical for the sake of being like trying to measure expectations. a little Yeah, bit. yeah, exactly. Just kind of like I thought it was good. I, I really do. I think he was solid for what he has, for what he's working with. 
um, for what that team roster was. I mean, God, like what team t- roster? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like, like I mean, we had compare, a minor league football yeah, team. Exactly. Last year. Compare the roster to when he took over. Compare the roster to the beginning of last season. Oh my gosh, this team is at least going to be exciting, you know, and we're going to see a lot of strides, hopefully. And um, yeah, you know, I think he's. I mean, gosh, I I would love to see another edge rusher. The linebacker core has been great. I mean, that's obviously getting solid again. The DBs yep. are getting solid. Offensive line could use some. So, yeah, I really think it's just the lines again. And I know that polls like that's the one thing that the man cares about as a former offensive lineman. So, you know, I think we give it another year and we'll be good to go. So I'll give him B plus. Why not? <laughs> I, I, I give him an A. He got DJ Moore and Darnell right. That's basically true. He, yeah. He's got, you got the right tackle. The future, you got your true number one right wide receiver. Like, DJ Moore is a really impressive one to me because yeah, like who else were you going to get in not not in the draft this wasn't a deep wide receiver draft this was a terrible free agency class there weren't many others we didn't even think DJ Moore would be available and no. we got him it's true. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah. um I like some of the other si- signings it's not an a plus I I do like Yannick Ngakwe on a one-year deal Jordan you mentioned the money uh it's a lot of money but it's a one-year deal I don't care that he's paying a lot of money on a one-year deal it's not going to matter we still have a ton of cap space he also had to do it just to get the spending floor yeah that's also exactly I I was gonna say I did you have more you want to say I don't want to step on your toes no no but I think we all saw the same um yeah no that was that was it oh oh, on Yannick Ngakwe yeah great pass rusher but um his uh run defense is not great that's been the one big knock on him it's the reason he's been a, a free agent for this long uh but you know what it's he's instantly the best or he's instantly our best pass rusher and the Bears need help on the line uh Mercedes Lewis he's yes he's 37 but he's still a really great blocking tight end I remember uh in in 2018 uh Packers fans were like oh well uh the Bears got Khalil Mack whatever Mercedes Lewis can block him Mercedes Lewis could not block Khalil Mack but he's a very good uh blocking tight end he essentially helps the offensive line he's not there to catch passes uh so I I like the sign in as well but yeah I give polls an A I'm on I'm on team Nick here I'm not going to measure my expectations I'm excited. You guys haven't been able to <laughs> tell fair. me the last yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm um, excited, too. I, I'd give polls a solid A. I mean, seriously, our our defense was, you know, we had a few bright spots last year, but overall I'd consider it lackluster. You go out, you sign TJ Edwards and Tremaine Edmonds. Um, and it, Tremaine Edmonds, I have been hearing nothing but excellent things. Uh, so – can kind of like a Lance Briggs, I think, based on what I was hearing, that would be my comparison. Outside linebacker that can fly from sideline to sideline, break up big plays, and and do some okay pass coverage. Uh, getting Ngakwe, finally have an edge rusher. The draft, I think, was awesome. Um, oh, what's his name? Ty- it's not Tyson. Uh, the wide receiver. Tyler Scott. Tyler Scott. Thank you. Um, Randy Moss. I saw a quote attributed to Randy Moss today on Twitter. I I thought for a second you were going to compare him to Randy Moss. I was like, (laughs) hold the phone. No, 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 no. (laughs) I'm excited too, but hold the phone. No, Randy, it's a tweet attributed to Randy Moss. And again, it's Twitter. So, you know, maybe somebody like AI did or whatever. But Randy Moss, quote attributed to him, 
said that Tyler Scott is going to be the best wide receiver in the draft class and that all general managers are going to be upset that they pass on him. I know Andrew's making a face right now, but I'm not saying that I'm on board with that. that For a different wide receiver. So this is why I already don't trust you because I thought that I saw the same thing, but for a different guy. We're we're in training camp, man. Everybody thinks their wide receiver is going to be the steal of the draft. I'm excited for him too, but pump pumped up breaks no, i'm just saying there's excitement outside of us from people that have been in the league again i'm not gonna say if, he's gonna be the next randy moss i'm not saying he's gonna have this astonishing career but i have heard a good a few good reports out of training camp and he's getting national media attention that's that's the point i'm trying to make here um we've shored up a lot of holes on the offense like i said i mean you got robert tanyan mercedes lewis and cole Komet as your tight end room i'd consider that at least a b tight end room uh chase claypool darnell mooney and dj moore who to nick's point again we didn't even know dj moore was going to be available let alone on our freaking team i'd consider that a b plus borderline a minus wide receivers room khalil herbert's a great running back we shored up that position as well i mean there is a lot to look forward to i know the lines are still a little bit of a question mark but overall, Justin Fields finally has weapons, and we have a team that might actually have an offense that can move the ball downfield for the first time. To prove your po- to prove to my point, Jordan, you see, I see the quote you're talking about, and then literally above that is talking about Andre Eosivas is reportedly <laughs> thought to be the best young receiver done in the NFL draft in the past 15 years by Randy Moss. So that quote that you saw was probably not real. So just yeah. thanks for going thanks. on about that for five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> This is why this is why you don't go on for five minutes about a random quote you saw on Twitter that you don't know is real. I, you know, it wouldn't have taken five minutes if you guys wouldn't have kept butting in. Well, we kept, kept butting in because it was wrong. It was fake. That's why I kept butting in. I'm trying to get you to shut up. Anyway, That's all right, whatever. Andrew, for. Andrew, if your Wi-Fi is working, give give us your grade for Ryan Poles this offseason. My grade for Ryan Poles? Yeah. Yes. Um, I'd probably say an A minus. Let's go. Okay. Yeah, so I guess I I'm the asshole. I think <laughs> you are. I think he's done a really good I job. We've known this. It's not just right now. There <laughs> are there are a couple things I probably would have done a little differently. Um, you know, I think I think he maybe try, could have done a little bit more to address the edge rusher room. There's a couple things in the draft I probably would have done differently at, at a couple points, but yeah, overall I He's done a really good job. Like the DJ Moore trade alone has been um, a game changer for them, really has. And, uh, you know, I still think that there are, I still question some things on the offensive line, like, uh, you know, whether they did enough to address that unit. You know, I, I think it's, I think it's, it's set up pretty well, but I don't know. It's, it's not a complete, complete roster at the moment, which it was never going to be a one year fix anyway, but. Yeah, I think he's done a really nice job this offseason. I, I don't really have any huge complaints for what he's done. All right, well, now that we have you back and have the yeah. uh, season grades out of the way, uh, what other works. points did you want to make about training camp? I have oh, one question. I'm going to see if you get to it. but Yeah, um, play pool has been really good. In training. Uh, oh, no. Here we go. Andrew, we're already losing you, buddy. <laughs> I even move spots closer to my laptop. <laughs> oh, man. 
Well, I mean, he said, uh, I, I heard Claypool out of there. So I think Claypool, he wants yeah. to talk about Claypool. I've seen reports that he's been doing really, he's been good. He's been good. Yeah. So that's, that's uh, he exciting. Had, he, had, he had one play the day I was there. He's been crack back block and he just destroyed offensive end and got him all hyped up. So yeah, he looks fast. He looks physical. He looks, he looks really good. Are crackbacks even allowed at this point? <laughs> like I know in high school they're banned. <laughs> he did it, so yeah. He, no, I, 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 I might have to eat him too. He's looked really good. That's which good. I didn't would be saying, but that always that gets me excited. Notre Dame. It's a contract year for him, so it's probably what the motivation is, probably right. So. Um, there is going to be nothing that would make me happier this season than Chase Claypool just blowing up because that'd be a lot of Bears Twitter eating a whole lot of crow. Yeah. And I have never been down. I, I will come out right now. I have never been down on Chase Claypool. I have held out hope. I have not been a detractor. Yeah, I've had a. I mean, last year was just kind of bad. All I, around. <laughs> I, I, yeah, last year wasn't good, but I also kind of accepted that this move wasn't about last year and what he was going to do last year. You'd have hoped to have seen a little bit more than what you got last year, but it was always about this year. It was always about building that extra chemistry with fields um, and giving him a weapon for 2023, not just 2022. So um, yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I think, and of course I'm sure Andrew has consoles, but we can move on. It's just the big thing is that pick ended up being, basically the first the 32nd pick you know so that's why everybody kind of lost their mind yeah but when, like but you also have to remember when ryan Poles traded that pick the bears were three and five i don't think he expected that they were going to lose the next <laughs> 10 games in a row yeah like you probably expected that pick to be yeah. four like high high 30s like low 40s which uh, that might still be an overpayment sure but it, it's not he didn't give up he didn't think he was giving up what he ended up giving up let's just put it yeah. that way yeah. The whole reason why he's not Packers is because they thought we were going to do worse. So, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Which, yeah. I mean, good on the Steelers. They were right. Yeah. Yep. They yeah. were right. Um, did you guys talk about Yannick Ngakwe we while did. I was having we did. issues? Okay, Yannick, I'll, apparently. I'll do my quick thing on Yannick Ngakwe and then we can move on, I guess. Because yes, we talked a lot of Bears. Oh, yeah. Uh, Ngakwe, uh, really good pass rusher, one of the worst run defenders in the league. And I don't think that's going to change playing for the Bears. He's, he's really good at one thing, and that's put him in a wide nine and let him rush a passer on passing downs, and he can do nothing else. So on a one-year deal. I love it. <laughs> that's, yeah, my, you know, that's my yeah, edge, I, baby. I made a point while you were gone. Uh, I think it's – I can never keep these two straight, and I won't be able to until the season starts. Either Edmonds or Edwards. One of them I know has been flying sideline to sideline and making really good plays – uh, like specifically getting called, I think it's whichever one played on the Bills. Um, Edmonds. Yeah. So, Edmonds? Yeah. Okay. Because um, Edwards so, is definitely not an athlete. <laughs> got it. Okay. So, yeah, Tr- <laughs> Tremaine Edmonds. Um, I think, I don't know if he plays on the same side. You were at camp, you'd know how they're going to be mm-hmm. setting it up. But if he's playing on the same side as Ngakwe, for the most part, I, I don't see not being able to run defend as a problem. Well, because if you have uh, that much of a. Yeah, Edmonds is the mic, so he's he's just going to be in the middle of it all. Um, it. I don't I don't know what their plan is with Ngakwe. They might just use him as a situational pass rusher. I would think. I think they'd be really. I, I think their defensive coaching stuff would be not as smart as they think they are if they're playing Ngakwe on running downs. 
to be honest with you, because he's just, he's that bad at it. Like, it's just, okay. <laughs> it's, I'm so, it's embarrassing to watch, really. It, the he beauty, gets though, Andrew, is that every down could be a running down if you play with option. That is fair. Oh, God. For those of you that uh, don't know, Ty did a whole 180 segment on how much he loves the triple option. I believe it was last week. So, uh, if you two want to see ago. that, go check ago. it out. It was yeah. two weeks ago. Two yeah. weeks ago, yeah. Just go two to the end ago. of the episode. Okay. Yeah. So I'll, if you want to I'll see Tag talk, talk about how much he loves the triple <laughs> option, go check out our video from two weeks ago and skip to the end. Uh, do we have any more stuff we want to cover about the Bears? No, we're forty minutes in. Let's yeah, no. Hopefully <laughs> next next week we'll have the first preseason game to talk about. So that's that's the most yes. important thing. I'm excited about that. That Bears taking on the Titans. All right. Um, I see nothing listed for Hawks or Bulls. No, nothing happened. Okay, cool. Uh, finally, we get to bring our SWFU segment to light. We did mess some stuff up. As Nick mentioned, he was at the game on, what did you say, Thursday against the Thursday, yeah. Or Thursday, I guess yeah. Red, excuse me. And one of our friends, shout out Parker, avid listener. We love you. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, pointed something out to Nick while they were at the game. So, Nick, I'll let you take that one away. Uh, yeah, Parker told us that we said uh, uh, Jamer Candelario, we traded him. We said that we traded him in 2016 when we actually traded him in 2017. I didn't go back to listening. He said he was pretty sure that we said 2016 and not 2017. I, I remembered it once All right. in the chat. Okay. I said I would just take his word for it. So, I, <laughs> I trust him. That is how much we love you, Parker. I'm just going to take your word for it. But, yeah. Love you big time, Parker. <laughs> Um, the next one we kind of, it wasn't really a mess up, but it was funny. So I wanted to include it. And actually I did mess up. I, for some reason thought Tyke said Minardi F1 last week, but Tyke had mentioned that him and his dad were kind of like adjacent fans of a formula one team because they had an Irish affiliation. And then I was like, wait a minute, actually I'm on F1 TikTok. I'm going to be honest. And they were doing an interview with Eddie Jordan and I'm like, he has an Irish accent. I'm pretty sure Tig meant Jordan F1, which like, how would I not remember that? Because that's literally my name. But yeah, so the F1 team uh, was Jordan Grand Prix that Tig was uh, watching with his dad and they helped give Michael Schumacher his start. So I really don't know how I forgot that one. But, yeah, I couldn't remember the name. I just knew that they, like like I said, my dad and I have always been big Ferrari stands, Michael Schumacher stands when I was a little kid. and But, like, at the same time, we're also rooting for that little Irish guy. And, like, they would always either blow out or, like, come in dead last. Like, it was awful. So then we're just like, we they, Ferrari. They definitely <laughs> took a downturn. But, yeah. like, Jordan actually was a solid F1 team in the early 90s, if I remember correctly. Yeah, but I wasn't alive for that. So it's Ruben, like, you know. Ruben Barrichello was on there as well. If any of you are F1 fans, it's probably – Probably not because then he also Ferrari. <laughs> cars. But anyway, uh, so that's our SWFU. If you catch anything else that we messed up, please feel free to either comment on our YouTube or send us a. I, I don't know if you can comment on Spotify or anything, but I think our email's on there. So send us an email. We will move on now to our four stars of the week. Um, give me one second here. Okay, sorry. I had to send a message real quick. Um, we always forget to do the order. We always forget to assign who we're talking about. So I guess, okay. All right. All right. Uh, I'll do the first one. So our first star is uh, 
new, well, old Cub, but new Cub again, uh, Jamer Candelario. Uh, in his first two games back with the Cubs after the trade, um, he went eight for nine. So he had nine official plate appearances and he had eight hits, which is really good. Over the last six games, he is batting 550. He's already hit his first home run um, back with the Cubs. I think he hit one in the few games uh, when he was initially called up in 2016. So it's his second career home run with the Cubs, but uh, he's just hitting the ball really well. So uh, welcome back, Jamer. Um, happy to have you. Please sign an extension. Signed everybody in Chicago. <laughs> uh, moving on. <clears throat> Excuse me. Next, uh, who wants to? Oh, Andrew, you're next. <laughs> yeah, our next star of the week is uh, Dansby Swanson, who since last Monday, these are his batting splits going on. He's got 280 uh, batting average, 357 uh, on base percentage, and 960, that 960 slugging percentage. Yep. Right? Uh, that goes all, all for a 1.317 OPS. So uh, he's been killing it out there. Five home runs, 11 RBI in the last week or so. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just crazy, crazy production and, going on. And he's just been a big part of the offense explosion that the Cubs have had. And a note on that, his uh, bat, like, actually, no, never mind. Never mind. I, <laughs> yeah. You're good. I want to. Go ahead, Doug. It's funny. I like, I, I know how like his meme name is Lieutenant Dan, you know, obviously because it's just so easy, but like he is the captain of this team and the soldier. It's like, you can't mess up ranks like that, but no, like he is a cat. Like, I mean, it's his first year already. He is just heart and soul of the team. And it's like, obviously oh, a lot of these guys are heart and soul because they just, they play hard and I love it. But man, this dude has stepped into the leadership role flawlessly. And I've said in group chats, I'll say it here, I am so sorry I wanted like Cray or Trey Turner over Dansby <laughs> because like even even if Trey and I expect like Trey Turner to have a bounce back year next year. Like he's just too good not to. But like I don't know man. Just the way Dansby plays with these guys and this defense, oh goodness. <laughs> I will say one thing it, I, I liked today that I saw I think he struck out twice and the second time he was furious with himself because there were runners on the corners with two outs like chucked his bat on the ground, took his helmet, whipped it on the ground, like whipped his elbow pad on the ground. Like I like seeing that kind of fire and passion from somebody and it shows that he's invested in the game. Yeah. He's a world series winner and he wants more and I hope we give him more. We better. Or I'm, I'm not going to be happy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on to our next star of the week. And this is two weeks in a row and both times it's, me that we're going to give it to somebody that doesn't play for a Chicago team. And I'm sorry, I'm laughing already, but this is just too good. Uh, Jose Ramirez down goes Anderson down goes Anderson, which down okay. goes Anderson. We're going to give a sub star of the week to I'm assuming whoever the guardians broadcaster is for mimicking the down goes Frazier call. Cause Oh my God, just perfect. But I mean, so backstory Tim Anderson got knocked the hell out uh, in a fight with Jose Ramirez. Uh, there was some chirping going back and forth. I guess J-Ram has thought in the past that Timmy likes to tag a little bit hard unnecessarily. And so I wasn't really happy with him. And he slid headfirst into second base and uh, right in between Timmy's legs. And another hard tag right in his face. And so J-Ram got up and said something about it. And immediately... Tim Anderson, like a hockey player, chucks his mitt on the ground and just gets in a stance like this. 
And so I think it was one punch from Timmy, one punch from J-Ram, one punch from Timmy, and then just a no-look right hook to the chin of Tim Anderson, and it crumpled him, and he had to get helped off the field. So for an all-time baseball, like true baseball fight, which personally I don't think there's They're pretty rare in the, yeah. in the world anymore. I kind of miss them. But for a true all-time baseball fight moment, Jose Ramirez, this Chicago star goes to you, my Cleveland Guardian Angel. I, I love Jose Ramirez. It's a bullshit. You get in a fight with a guy who like grew up having like if you've never heard the story before, because I've seen it a couple times. Like he grew up in the Dominican Republic and like grown men would gamble on the games they'd play in with other grown men and like they would threaten him and his family if he didn't perform. Like that's a bold strategy to want to fight that guy. <laughs> so and I don't uh also Sorry, ahead, I don't know if you're going to touch on it in your 180, but the suspensions came out today. Tim Anderson yeah. got six games. Jose Ramirez got three. So he lost. He got knocked out. He became Literally. a national laughing stock, and he got suspended twice as many games. Also, I don't know if you saw. Well, he instigated. In the league's no, defense, Tim 100% instigated that fight, in my opinion, and I think that's why he got double the suspension. Well, I think but. it should be a rule that if you lose the fight, you lose more games. <laughs> <laughs> Also, during this the, during this uh, kerfuffle, Aloy Jimenez got hurt. Like, yes, just, yes, which yeah. is expected. Typical socks. All right, Nick, you want to take the last one away before we start getting to our one eighties? No, I'm not going to. Oh, take sorry, it. <laughs> my, my bad. My bad. <laughs> last part of the week goes to Albert Osley. Uh, I am a big fan of Albert. Uh, I was a big fan when he came up, and. He really struggled as a starter. I think the Cubs didn't really know what to do with him. Up and down, he went starting, spot starting, long relief, maybe closing out a game, whatever. But now he seems to be the closer. Um, he's relished in the role. And I'm so, I'm just so happy to see him finally like turn around. His analytics are great. They're all in the red. Um, and he had two saves this good. week, which is good. Uh, he had two <laughs> saves this week. Uh, a baseball savant. Sorry, I should reference that. He had two saves this week against the Reds and the Braves. He had one game where he came in against the Braves with a four-run lead, so that's not a save qualifier. It's a dump set anyways. But um, he gave up a two-run shot to Olsen and then closed out the game. So, again, you know, he takes takes one on the chin from Matt Olsen and still finishes the game strong. I'm so glad to see him have this turnaround. I was a huge fan of his. Like, like even when he was struggling, I was like, he's so close to figuring out. Because I saw immediately when he came up that he could have been – a good pitcher and if you know hey if if he needs that pressure to just be one of the best pitchers in the league go for it man like i hope he's our closer for a while so edward as the star goes out to you tag i have a 180 idea i'm going to propose to you and you can totally feel free to say no and mm -hmm. that i'm dumb but if you ever want to do a breakdown on what stats you like and why and what stats you hate and why <laughs> or what stats you would create and why i think yeah, I've, so I I've thought about that, that for a lot of blog ideas. Is that that's basically what I was going to try to make. Because there's a couple stats I really hate, but like it's kind of, I don't Rower. know. Yeah. <laughs> it's also, I don't know, like whatever. And then like creating stats is hard because like people that do create stats are so much better at it than me. They're so much more creative. <laughs> you know, like, 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 like their stats are creative. They're smart. I had one idea for a stat. Well, they're usually mad people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and like I try to like have like a like a amateur math knowledge. Like I try to like watch YouTube videos, like practice on my own. But that they're like all stats. So anyways, like literally for my last blog post after the war thing, I was gonna do a save replacement stat 
and I did all this research. I was going to try to figure out how to make my own. Uh, and then midway through my research, I found out that there was a save replacement stat already on Fangraphs. And I was like, all right, never mind. So that's kind of my point, you know, it's like, <laughs> we'll make it it's like, one. it's like, yeah, did, yeah. did you guys ever, did you guys ever play golf on the Wii? And like when oh, you'd have a putt and it'd be like, oh, oh. yeah, exactly. That, no, like I started off the whole, like I had two pages written down. I was doing all this research and I was like, all right, never mind. <laughs> I guess I'll move to Texas now. Thank you. <laughs> oh my God. <sighs> Sidebar. Love having this podcast with you guys. It's fun. Anyway, um, moving on, we'll get to our 180s here. Andrew, I think, is going to piss a lot of Chicagoans off here with his. Oh, but yeah. you know what? The floor is yours. I'll let you take it away, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. So if, if you're like me and you are and you just hate the current state of the Bulls, yeah, you get caught up in watching, uh, at least in my case, watching a lot of this, looking for nostalgia for the Bulls. And what I've been doing recently, just for whatever reason, I just get bored at night and was like, hey, I'll just throw in a random 90s Bulls game and um, just get some nostalgia. Even though I didn't grow up watching them, it's just like, you want to watch the Bulls when they're at their best, and the '90s were when the Bulls were at their best. We really haven't any, had anything besides the Rose years that have made us really happy as Bulls fans. So I've been watching a lot of them, and it got me thinking that, like, okay, how does this team actually stack up um, to what we we see to the modern teams today, like all time and stuff like that? And uh, and it's been the thing for many Chicago sports fans that the '96 Bulls are the greatest team of all time. It's kind of been, it's like Michael Jordan for the, for the goat debate. It's like, that's a non-debatable point. If you try arguing with us Chicago fans on that, we were, we're willing to fight you on that. Um, I'm here to say Literally. it guys. I'm here to say it guys. The 96 bulls. I hate to break to you. We're, we're not, I can't go with that argument anymore. We're not the greatest team uh, of all time. Unfortunately, Ooh, and this man, Ooh. I know, I know. And there's one team specifically that gets the edge and that's the 2017 warriors guys. Let's just let me just break it down here for you guys. For one, the Warriors, the 2017 Warriors, they just simply got more star power. Like, yeah, I know you got Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen. Uh, Michael Jordan's the goat, obviously, and Scottie Pippen was at the you know in the prime of his career. But you know, for the Warriors, not only you have Stephen Curry at his peak, the top ten player all time, Kevin Durant at his peak, top fifteen player all time, but Draymond Green, maybe the best defensive player of his era. He was at the peak of his powers. I think he won Defensive Player of the Year that year. He was getting like eight assists a game that year or something like that, something crazy. Um, so he was actually a good three-point shooter that season. So you get Pete Draymond, and you get Clay Thompson, who is maybe like the best 3 and D guy of the 21st century. Like he's one of the top five greatest shooters ever, and he can lock down one through three um, on the other side of the ball. Um, you compare that to the Bulls, like, yeah, like Michael Jordan's the GOAT, but this isn't like peak MJ we're talking about here. It's worth noting that MJ at this stage of his career was not the same guy that was dominating the league in the early 90s in that first three, three P. Like in the finals, for instance, like you look at the 96 finals, Jordan shot like 41% from the field in that final series. He only averaged like 26 points per game in that final series. And, and nope, he was going to go to Supersonics that year. Not exactly an all-time great team that season. I know the Bulls won that series, obviously, so no one remembers that fact. But, like, you look at the roster stacked up against each other, the Warriors just have a more talented roster, in my opinion, in terms of star talent. Like, Dennis Rodman, everyone's going to throw, like, oh, but what about Dennis Rodman? What about Tony Kocho's? I'm like, 
what about him? Like Dennis Rodman, yeah, he's a great rebounder. He gives you nothing on offense. He's a good defender, um, great defender actually. But I just think Draymond's better than him. And then off the bench, like Kukoc, like here's the thing about Kukoc. I think the idea of Kukoc is a lot better than what Kukoc actually was for the Bulls during that time period. Like you look at Kukoc during those late '90s runs. Like he had some rough stretches during those playoff runs for the Bulls. And you compare him to like Andre Iguodala for the Warriors, like it's not even close as a six man coming off the bench for you. Like Iguodala was one of the best perimeter defenders of all time while giving you good offense as well. So from a talent perspective, I just think, you know, the Warriors unfortunately just stack up a little bit better than that 96 Bulls team. And then but here's the bigger point here. And I hate all the, the current NBA fans that like the, to crap on Jordan's era, that 90s era for being weak era. I don't think you can say that for the early 90s. I think the early 90s was a very strong point in the NBA. I cannot say the same for the late 90s, uh, starting in like 95-ish, because by that point, the NBA, and people forget about this, that was like, I think that was like the first year that they had fully expanded with the Toronto Raptors, Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, they expanded with the Miami Heat, Orlando Magic, some other teams earlier on in the decade. So expansion had completely diluted the talent in the NBA by that time. And here's the other thing. A lot of these stars in Jordan's generation, Jordan came in with a great generation of stars where you have guys like Clyde Drexler entering the league, Hakeem Olajuwon, Charles Barkley, David Robinson, Reggie Miller. I can go on and on. There were a lot of great stars that came into the league with Jordan. But here's the thing. The late 80s, early 90s, you had some really rough drafts in terms of superstar talent entering the league. So, by the time you get to 96, a lot of those stars like Barkley, Olajuwon and stuff, they were past their prime, if not like they were on the downside of the prime, if not past their prime. All right. And a lot of those stars in the late 80s, early 90s entering the league were not at that same level. So it was a lot easier for a guy like Jordan to go in there and dominate the league right That You compare that to the 2017 Warriors, like who they had to beat on their way to the finals and whatnot. And in the finals, like people forget like, if it weren't for the 2017 Warriors, we might talk about the 2017 Cavaliers as a great all-time great team too because LeBron was on a tear. You have Kyrie Irving. That offense was one of the best in NBA history. So I don't know. I, I hate to say it as a Bulls fan, but I just – it breaks my heart to say it too, but I cannot give the title of best team all-time to the 96 Bulls. I, I, I hate to break it to Counterpoint, I can't give the title of best team all-time to a team that blew a 3-1 lead in the finals. <laughs> Oh, that wasn't the same team though. That wasn't the same team. They didn't have Kevin Durant. I can't. I can't give it. No, no. I don't care. No. They okay. Put it this, okay. Put it this way. You have a team that won seventy three games in regular season, and then they add Kevin Durant to that roster. I just. I can't go there, man. I'm just saying. All right, well, Jordan, that's, uh, what do you got, anyway, buddy? Moving on, you <laughs> guys can go on. White Sox. <laughs> before, before Nick uses his X-ray vision through the computer to blow up Andrew's brain. Uh, <laughs> so, I want to preface this by saying, White Sox fans, I know I'm wearing a Cubs jersey. I don't hate your team. To be honest with you, before I moved to Wisconsin, which was three years before I moved to Arizona, the last baseball game I went to was at, I, I think it was before it was called guaranteed rate field, which is a stupid name, stupid baseball park name. US cellular was much better, but anyway, I digress. I made sure I went and saw a white Sox game and granted you guys did suck. The tickets 
we've picked up me and my friend, uh, shout out Ryan Jones. I don't know if you listen, but uh, shout out to Ryan. We picked up tickets on the way to the game, three rows off the third baseline for $15 a piece. It's a beautiful ballpark. You guys have a great ballpark. Unfortunately, your team is in shambles. I know we already talked about Tim Anderson getting knocked the hell out by Jose Ramirez and suffering a six-game suspension because of it, but there is a lot more going on here. Um, I don't know if Tim Anderson had some lingering effects from being knocked out, but he decided to hop on Twitter and just have a meltdown. Over the course of six hours, there were tweets about how everybody's kicking him when he's down and just all these cliched pro athlete who's on a downward spiral tweets just going out. If you want to check it out, check out his Twitter. It's it's kind of depressing. In addition to this, there was a report today that came out that Tim Anderson and Yasmani Grandal had a fight earlier in the year. Uh, the quote, th- this is on Talking Baseball, which is run by, it's the podcast that John Boy does. Shout out, John Boy. You're awesome. We love you. Uh, So this is the tweet. Yasmani Grandal wanted to leave the day before the All-Star break because he wasn't in the lineup. And Tim Anderson said, as paraphrased, fuck him. If he doesn't want to be here, I'll pay for his flight. And at the time, Tim Anderson was in the ice bath and Yasmani Grandal walked up and bitch slapped him across the face. (laughs) You can't make this stuff up, folks. On top of that. Kenyon Middleton, who just got traded, I believe, to the Dodgers. No, not the Dodgers. Sorry. I forget where he got traded, but he got traded. Yankees. That's what it is. Uh, Has gone on record and said that rookies are sleeping during games. Pitchers are missing their fielding practices. There is no accountability at all whatsoever in the clubhouse. None of these people are being punished for any of these things. And then Lance Lynn, who is a regular on the, uh, I think it's Foul Play podcast. I don't know why I'm blanking because I watch it here and there, Um, but it's the one with AJ Przinsky and um, I'm really blanking. AJ Przinsky's in it. (laughs) Uh, Lance Lynn is a regular on that podcast. And uh, I I watched the video and AJ's like, so Lance, can you uh, say anything about what Kenyon Middleton's saying? And Lance Lynn's like, I can tell you about what isn't true. And then there's silence for about 10 or 15 seconds. And AJ's like, oh, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. So Lance Lynn is backing up everything that this this whole organization is in shambles. And then there was another report that came out that an hour before the game, uh, Rick Hahn and Pedro Grafal were having a meeting. I haven't heard any reports on what might have happened, but Rick Hahn is taking accountability for what's going on. And this team is falling apart, man. For somebody who started the year saying, oh, we're going to be contenders to be in last place and having just clubhouse cancer running amok. I mean, it's depressing. Sox fans, I really do feel for you. I'm sorry. I I do root for you guys as long as you're not playing the Cubs. I'm just a Chicago supporter. But you guys got to figure something out. This is just absolutely ridiculous. And, I mean, you basically got to burn it down and start from scratch. Jerry's got to sell the team. Rick Hahn's got to get fired. Pedro Grafal, who started the year by saying, we're going to play with intensity and we're going to play to inspire confidence in the fan base. And we're going to be a good team. Like, dude, you're, you're not running your team at all. If you're letting rookies sleep during the game, that's it. I'm sorry. 
we're going to be pushing the PG 13 limit here, but it's bullshit. That is we not how you run a baseball team. So, so yeah, we've it's already we're are. past that point. <laughs> yeah, it, no, you get one. Other. We've only said one. But no, anyway, Andrew said his, and then you said yours. You literally when you're quoting quote. the it was a quote. Mm, doesn't okay. matter. Yeah, yeah, doesn't the, matter. Yeah, <laughs> the powers that anyway. Google really really care. <laughs> anyway, so it, anybody who wants to just check out what's going on with the White Sox right now, it is a giant joke. And Sox fans, I'm sorry. If I may add one thing, there seems to be a correlation between <laughs> Jerry Reinsdorf owning teams <laughs> and there being contending teams that have behind the scenes drama that end up falling apart because of oh, some behind the scenes drama. Just just throwing it out there. I think we almost it, it what are we, week sixteen here? It took until an hour into the episode, so I thought we might have made it. But Andrew is keeping up the streak of shitting on Jerry Reinsdorf. Tell me where I'm wrong. You're not. I'm not saying you are. I just thought we were going to make it one episode without shit-talking Jerry Reinsdorf. You specifically, but we didn't. And it's fine. I think it's hilarious. It's and just that's okay. Buckstar's at the that's... top, right? True. All right. Uh, let's move on. Yes. Okay. So, uh, so I want to talk today. Initially, I was going to criticize Andrew's poor taste in Christopher Nolan films, but then I got thinking about other filmmakers I love. You know, rather than reacting, how about I expand it? Because all of us love movies, especially Andrew and I. Like, we're amateur cinephiles, so none comes uh, none comes to the mind more than like guys like you know, of course, Martin Scorsese, Quentin Tarantino are up there, Christopher Nolan, but especially for me, Stanley Kubrick. I mean, of course, for everybody, right? So then I thought about uh, talking about a Doctor Strange Love or some other must-watch Kubrick film, and then I thought maybe I'd rip into Barry Lyndon, which is by far one of like like his most boring films ever. Like, I'm sorry, Stanley, but that movie was not it, buddy. I know you're up there somewhere, you know, whatever. Fine. Um, and then. So, like, seriously, like, if you're a diehard Stanley Kubrick fan, you've never seen Barry Lyndon, go ahead and watch it. Just say you watched it. Um, but if you're not, get a drinking game ready uh, and try not to fall asleep. That's all I can warn you for. Um, so, but there's one thing that I thought to myself that I really want to get off my chest today about Stanley Kubrick movies. And that's this. You weirdos got to stop calling The Shining the best horror movie ever made. I cannot describe to you. <laughs> because i've seen this so many times when i like how angry i get when people call a either the best horror movie they've ever seen or b for the real psychopath the best movie they've ever seen okay now i want to get some stuff out of the way right number one it's a classic okay i'm not trying to take away from that it's still one of the best yes it is a classic horror movie the cinematography in it is gorgeous that's stanley kubrick i mean look the elevator scene's cool jack nicholson playing jack nicholson's great but let's let's be real okay the movie kind of a snore fest all right the first time i watched it i watched it with a friend i know i fell asleep i think she fell asleep longer than i did and like we were trying to ask each other like hey what happened in the movie and we we're like i don't know like, <laughs> like we fell asleep uh, i did end up rewatching it multiple times but uh also the casting choice dicey all right, thank God he got Kubrick because, or Kubrick got Nicholson because he makes the whole film. Uh, if Stephen King had his way, he'd have like John Voight play it. And I uh, just imagine that movie with John Voight and then the rest of that cast. It wouldn't have been good. Okay. Um, Shout out Angelina Jolie's dad. Yes. Yeah. He wanted like John <laughs> Voight or like a couple of like normal actors. Thank God it was Jack Nicholson instead. Um, also, a note to modern filmmakers please stop referencing the damn elevator scene in your movies i get it it was cool 
it was, you know, he got away with doing it, like, in the trailer and stuff like that. Like, that was a big controversy for the 80s. I get it. But don't stop. Like, even in the Barbie movie, they reference The Shining. And I'm like, jeez. <laughs> like, that one at least is a little clever. But, like, I'm so sick of seeing every single horror movie now reference The Shining in some way. I get it. It was good. You don't need to talk about it anymore. Have some creativity. Live a little. Take risks. Do something else. Okay. <clears throat> I got to wrap this up for brevity. Obviously, it's a 180. I can go into more detail, but I don't think it's the best movie ever made or the best horror movie ever made. But uh, most people would then ask, okay, Tyg, so then what are some better horror movies? So I want to preface this by saying I haven't seen every horror movie. I'm trying to watch more. I love horror movies. I keep trying to go more and more. Um, and there's a lot of subgenre of horror. Not every horror movie is going to be, ah, scary um, with all the different flavors. So I thought I'd give some movies near the top of my did I sleep well that night list. Okay. For example, uh, if you know me, you know, I love alien franchise and John Carpenter's the thing movies like those. They are some of the best horror movies I've ever seen in my life. I love watching those movies. I sleep like a baby after watching that. Doesn't really get me going, but uh, here's a list of movies that after I watched them the first time I did actually have trouble sleeping that night. Uh, number one, the exorcist. Uh, that movie holds up remarkably well. It's still a classic. Even looking at some stills, just to, like do research for all this stuff that I was typing up uh, to like freshen up. I still got re creeped out. Like it's a really good movie, and if you haven't seen it, like I it actually gave me chills, and it's from the seventies. Uh, number two movie, probably most of you haven't heard of, called Threads. It's from it's an English movie. Uh, it's a nuclear holocaust film. And uh, that movie made hard for me to sleep for like two weeks. Um, <laughs> that one, that one was really tough for me to watch. Number three, The Conjuring, kind of the cliche modern pick, but um, in that movie, some kid gets scratched by like the demon, I think, or it's an adult. I think it's a kid. I don't know. Anyways, the next morning after watching that movie, which I couldn't sleep all that night, uh, I had a scratch on my back, and I was like, "Oh my god, the demon's going after me!" <laughs> so, so that movie scarred me for life. Uh, number four. This one probably wouldn't hold up now if I rewatched it as an adult, but I haven't watched it since I was a kid because it's it with Tim Curry. My dad had the brilliant idea of letting five-year-old Tyg Mullen watch that movie. And uh, yeah, I haven't been the same since. So I blame all my weirdness. <laughs> it explains <laughs> a lot. It. Yeah. I, I haven't watched that movie. or It's a miniseries. Technically. I haven't watched it since. I'm sure if I watched it now, I'd be like, this kind of sucks. But I'm just going to let that like live in my head as one of the scariest things I ever saw rather than ruin it for myself so that's part one part two next week i'm going to talk about japanese horror films why i think that's overrated especially since i know we have the japanese crowd from that show hey video so <laughs> we're just re- we're just pissing off like our target demographic in every oh, way <laughs> so first the bulls now this so anyways uh let's move on how did the riot start i don't know i watched these four idiots from the suburbs and they just pissed me off that's how it started anyway I, go ahead nick all right so this week, okay, for my for my segment, viewer discretion is advised. I, parent parental discretion, grandparental discretion is advised. I need to discuss uh, Orioles broadcaster Kevin Brown. Now, it came out today that he was suspended, and I'm just going to play the clip again. Viewer uh, viewer discretion is advised. This is the clip that got him suspended and taken off the air. All right, uh, if you can give me a thumbs up if you could hear it. For the Orioles, Brandon Hyde has felt like this has been maybe the toughest ballpark to play in, but the Orioles have a chance to do something special today. They've 
already clinched at least a split in the series, winning two of the first three, and they can pick up a series win behind Tyler Wells today. It's been a minute. The Orioles split a two-gamer with the Rays in June. They had lost their last 15 series here at Tropicana Field. You have to go back to when our now colleague Brad Brock picked up the win in the series finale June 25th, 2017, the last time the Orioles won a series here at St. Pete. Already got three and two at the top this year after winning three of 18. The previous three years combined, it is a stark difference, Ben, and it is not a bad Rays team. It's not like all of a sudden the Rays uh, became slouches in the American League East. They've led this division every day, but now two, and the Orioles once again are back alone in first place. Did you hear it? Did you guys hear How it? How dare he? How disgusting. Da- absolutely, absolutely, absolutely disgusting. disgusting. This man is a disgrace to American How, broadcasting. He truly okay. <laughs> Obviously, we are joking. The first the first time I listened to this, I literally texted uh this to the group chat. I'm like, am I having a stroke? Or did he just say like <laughs> nothing offensive at all? No. Well, it turns out uh the Baltimore Orioles ownership was upset with this segment because they didn't like the idea that, oh, we lost a lot in the past, and we don't want to talk about the fact that we lost a lot in the past. You know what makes this even more? Ridiculous! Like this was a pre-planned segment. They're just talking about, hey, we were bad before, but hey, we're doing really good. We're turning it around. That seems like a perfectly normal thing to do. You know what makes it worse? Um, I'm reading here that statistic was available in the game notes that was provided by the Baltimore Orioles public relations staff. However, the team's ownership felt mentioning it on air made it sound cheap. So they took this. They took Kevin Brown off the air for doing a segment with stats that were provided to him by the Baltimore Orioles because it casted them in the past in a bad light. You mean to tell me that the team that decided to trade Manny Machado, a generational talent, rather than well, pay him what he's due. Okay, well, that, that's... The, they were never going to pay him. Yeah, that right. makes it's, sense at the time. But, no, 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 I understand, but they're like, oh, we don't want to sound cheap. It's like your actions speak louder than words. You had arguably one of the greatest third basemen of the last generation, and you just decided to off him because you didn't want to pay him. They have been cheap. Yeah, well, anyway, that's that's uh, that's all I have. It's it's. Yeah. I, f- I feel for Kevin Brown. I hope he... I don't know how long his contract is with the Orioles, but I hope he gets out of it soon and... Go somewhere else. Hear me out. Better. Hear me out. Go he gets Marquee. fired, and then yeah, and then Boo gets fired, <laughs> and then we I'm get Kevin Brown. That. <laughs> yeah, that goes beyond being cheap, though. That's just this is being it's, soft. Yeah, soft. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. You've got. It, I'm not going to name names here. Uh, it, I mean, that's worse than Jerry Reinsdorf. That's tough to do, guys. You I got- was going to say there's a there's a certain broadcaster that also got suspended that happened to call a Nick Castellanos home run while he was making an apology and you're you're going to suspend a guy, yeah, in a similar manner for something significantly <laughs> yeah. less bad than Not I, even, I, 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 bad. I I listened to that clip so many times I was like did he accidentally like slip out a slur or and something that, that's been the reaction yeah. on Twitter too like, everybody's what? like am I missing something like I watched it three times and if you yeah, take what ridiculous. if you take the first letter of if you take the first letter of every sentence that he says does it spell out Mein Kampf like what is like what is this <laughs> if you play it backwards uh, like Dark Side of the Moon or Abbey Road you know, yeah, you know, yeah. satanic <laughs> message like come on guys 
Yeah, the White <laughs> Album. Yeah, Paul is there. Oh, was yeah. it the White Album? It's White Album. That's the big Got one. Because like, Revolution Nine. Oh, that's what it. Yeah, you're right. You're right. If you, if then, you play if you play it at double right. speed backwards, it'll tell you to kill yourself. And... <laughs> yeah. No, that's anyway, that is wild. That is wild. That is wild. Yeah. No, it's dumb. It's dumb. I'm done. Let's close the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, gonna bring the energy level back up a little bit here. Thank you all so much, as always, for watching. Once again, I'm Jordan Dupont, joined by Nick Decola, Tig Mullen, and Andrew Freeman. Check out the podcast on Twitter at Four Star Pod CHI. You can find Nick at MDecola21, Tig at TM Mullen007, and Andrew at AJ Freeman25. Also, check out our website at, or not at, the website is just www.fourstarpodchi.com, where we will have links to our videos, the podcast on your favorite podcasting platform, and our blog posts. And you can check out Andrew's other work, which now that we're actually getting into football season, uh, Andrew, are you still planning on doing your O-line grades this year? Yep, still planning on doing that and going to have quite a bit. with. Uh, I'm going to be at training camp tomorrow, by the way, so should have some more notes from uh, practice tomorrow as well. Definitely check out Andrew's Twitter. Uh, training camp notes, I, I, I was checking them out. I caught them really late, so I was, I'm was. i sorry. I'm two hours behind everybody else, and uh, I think at probably 2 in the morning your time, you were getting a bunch of notifications that I was liking all of your stuff. But um, Andrew did some very good in-depth tweeting from training camp, and as football season rolls around uh, with his work for the Bear Report on 247sports.com, I know he does offensive line grades every week for the Bears players and, and some other players as well, if I remember correctly. And they're very in-depth. And if you're into the nitty-gritty of football, very, very interesting. So uh, you can also check him out on the Picks for Polls podcast. Don't forget that one either. And until next week, we'll see you again ranting and raving. Enjoy the rest of your week. Stay safe out there. Have a good one.